This, 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 this is mythical. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans, they've got you covered. Heck yeah, they do. Their products come in a variety of amazing colors, from classic black and white to pinks, greens, yellows, and blues, and the best part, Nicole... Everything's non-toxic. Josh, I've been in the market for a kettle for months. Yeah, I've heard I've, you talk about it a weird amount. Yeah, I've bought like a bunch, returned a bunch, but I just got my hands on the Great Jones Fellow Kettle collab, and I got it in the color broccoli, and I'm so excited to make artisanal teas and coffees. I'm trying to get on my coffee game right now, and I'm mm. so excited to use a gooseneck kettle. We have no idea. I'm excited to use their yellow hot dish, a.k.a. casserole dish. Shout out to Minnesota and Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, but right. I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, I'm an adult. I should have nice vessels to serve food out of sure, instead of just serving it on like stainless steel restaurant style things. And I like it. It's cute. It's got a good design. Bakes really well. Holds heat. I'm in, baby. And once you try Great Jones, you'll want to share it with friends. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SANDWICH. That's greatjones.com, promo code SANDWICH. Nicole, do you know I haven't used a fork since November of 2018? That's not true. I literally saw you use a fork yesterday. That's beside the point. Forks are still trash. This, this is, is a hot dog, dog is a sandwich. sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> What? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Sher. And I'm your host, Nicole Anaiti. And Nicole, today's episode, uh, we had initially called it Forks versus Spoons. Yes, I, I'm going to use that title. And this has been in our like potential idea list for what? Since we started the podcast. Yes, for about two and a half years. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always at the bottom of the pod. And we haven't yeah. ever done it because we thought this is stupid. It is stupid. Definitely. But it's time to do it. Nobody's listen to it. Not only is it time to do it, I feel like it's the right time to do it because I've I finally gone clear. Oh, you know? now? Yeah, you ever have those moments of clarity where you're like, Not much. this is now, I have made a decision and it's going to dictate the rest of my life. I don't, I don't operate like that, actually. Well, I do. And the decision that I've made, Nicole, is that when I have children... Yes. I will not raise them with forks in the house. You're lying. I'm gonna start. I'm going to start getting all of the forks out of my house <laughs> right now. I'm gonna start throwing one in the trash can every time I do the dishes. A forkless home. A forkless home Is because a forkless house does not make a home. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, I I've okay. So Julia's out of town, right? And I've yeah. been cooking for myself and all that. Sure. Um, yesterday in the sink, I had eight dirty spoons, not a single dirty fork. And it just re I just realized that like my mm. actual usage, forks never come into play. Ever. I never use them. I, I If they come with huh. my sweet green salad, Nicole, I will begrudgingly eat it. However, there is nothing a fork can do that makes my life any better. And, and, and mm -hmm. further, I feel that forks are a class structure meant to keep working people down and conform to societal standards. Uh, forks are classist. <clears throat> 
What? What? I arrest well, Mike. <laughs> what do you mean forks are classist? They are just have prongs and you stab your food with it. Mikkel- Why? It's not. It's not that deep. Stop trying to if make you politici- go back in time. Stop politicizing f- utensils. If you go back in history, Nicole, I think no. But for real, like uh, the invention of forks is a relatively new thing. So okay. spoons have been used for forever. The I Latin, like spoons. I love spoons. The world loves spoons. You know why? Because they're easy to use. They're useful. People love eating wet food. Spoons, uh, so they they put wet foods in your mouth good. They've been used since literally prehistory, right? Yeah, sure. And also the ancient Latin and Greek word for spoon is really fascinating. It comes from shell because they would just use like shells, uh, shells as spoons. Sure, makes and sense. And eventually they started making it out of bone and all that. So like spoons, the world over uses spoons. It's a really useful thing. I like spoons. Forks are incredibly new. Knives, very old. Use them for killing things. I like knives. I like knives. Knives are very useful. We should keep those. I don't use a lot of knives in my house, though. Do you cook? No, I mean, like, to eat. I don't think, and a lot of cultures don't. Like, I don't need it. So a lot of cultures don't, and the I- fork I, does the knifing. I brought up the classism thing half as a joke, but, like, if you actually go back in history, so Louis Fourteenth. You know about, like, the salad fork, the fish fork? Of course. A modern table, a quote-unquote modern Western table setting. Mm-hmm. There's, like, three different forks. Yes. There's, like, three different spoons. Yes. All the goblets and all that. So a lot of that stuff, a lot of these codifications of etiquette, they came from, like, Louis the Fourteenth, right? And, and that he, guy sucked. That guy, <laughs> one, he was sexy. He had was sexy he? calves. Yeah, yeah. I oh, like, I don't know about that. Did you? Okay, so he literally commissioned mm. all of his portrait painters to like port to, to paint his calves in a flattering light because he loved them. They say Louis the Fourteenth allegedly, at least, invented high heels to make his own calves look good. And uh, you look at any Louis. So the, this is the reason why I have to wear high heels every time I go out. This wait, guy's yes, the reason. No, no, keep Nicole. Keep that energy up. Damn it. That's the reason you have to wear high heels every time you go out. Because Louis the Fourteenth. That's the reason that we have like four different forks in a modern table setting. Look at those sexy calves. He Nicole really up has portrait. such sexy calves. Yeah. And so literally wow. a lot of these, what we consider like- Do you see like, these thighs? He's a sexy guy. No wow. one's doubting that Louis XIV these, is a sexy guy. These thighs are incredible. <laughs> the but, face, not a good face card. Sorry, yeah, right. But like one of the reasons he did all these things in his court, he uh-huh. made up all these codes, was literally to distract people from the idea of revolution. It was like if you keep people so bogged down in what is the cool dance I'm going to learn for the court, what kind of shoes do I have to wear, what kind of wigs do I have to wear, what kind of fork do I eat with, if you confuse people with all of these rules, Nicole, suddenly they don't realize that like – stop. I swear. You mean to tell me that the French Revolution was was, uh, not when it was supposed to be because new forks were invented? Yes. The French Revolution was delayed. You mean to tell me the French – okay. Then what are you saying? No, but I'm saying that there are these arbitrary rules of how you're supposed to dress – uh, look, carry yourself, and eat. And these rules are all arbitrary and they're all shifting throughout history. And I think it is time for the fork to go. Because there was a point... What, what has the fork ever done to you? The fork... <laughs> it's been a substandard eating utensil for eating pretty much anything. Is it? Like, I think it is. I mean, what do you use a fork for? Think about it. That, that... Salad. But like... Peas. Okay, a spoon is a much better utensil to eat peas with. No, it's not. What do you mean? The peas run around. You? What do you mean they run around? How does the fork keep the peas? You stab them. You're stabbing individual peas. Yes. Not scooping a mouthful of peas. No. How, why are you stabbing your peas? It's easier to eat that. Okay, I'm thinking, okay, so I might have used a spoon in the beginning, but at the end when there's like seven peas uh, whittling about on my plate, I'm not going to spoon them. You use a fork to push them into your spoon, and then all the peas can exist in one place. Okay, right fine. So you still use a fork? Though. 
oil. But that, so you're using it to push things onto your that spoon. That fork could simply be another spoon. No, it couldn't. Uh, no, it couldn't. Good. You would not be able <laughs> to eat the way that you do if you... You see, you're lying. You're a liar. You love forks and you use forks all the time. You're lying. I don't I don't actually love using it. Okay, real what quick. What do you real like quick, using Real more? quick, real quick. Back to the history of forks. This is important to me. Take it away. Nicole, this is important to me. So forks... Uh, not really common or popular. They had like forks used as cooking utensils because you'd stab a meat, you'd, you know, hook it onto, you know, sticks and you'd roast it over an open fire. Whatever. Cool. That dates back for a while. As far as an eating utensil goes, it wasn't until like the like, you know, 1100s that it really came about. And even then it was still like a really newfangled thing. And there's some really incredible, uh, you know, examples in history of people being straight up offended by forks. Like, uh, okay, for instance, wait, hold up. I gotta look this up. Okay, so check this out. In in 1004, the Greek niece of a Byzantine emperor used a golden fork at her wedding feast in Venice when mm-hmm. she married the Doge's son. The Doge is the ruler of Venice. Oh, cool. Shout okay. out AP European history. At the time, most Europeans still ate with their fingers and knives, so the Greek bride's newfangled implement was seen as sinfully decadent by local clergy. And I quote, God in his wisdom has provided man with natural forks, his fingers, one of the disdainful Venetians said. Therefore, it is an insult to him to substitute artificial metal forks for them while eating. When the bride died of the plague a few years later, St. Peter Damien opined that it was God's punishment for her hateful vanity. For using a fork? For using a fork. Okay, so that's just archaic thinking. But she was advanced. Those guys, those well, guys she was, over there. She was. Okay, so what's the problem? She was because then the fork be, uh, became really, really popular in Italy specifically. And in Iran. And it, well, I'm curious about the forks, forks history in Iran. Forks uh, were a big deal in Persia in like social circles. Like if you were fancy, you ate with a fork. Wait, like how recently are you talking? Like back in like like at the same time as this as this wedding probably. Okay, well that makes sense because like yeah. there was a big exchange of ideas, yeah. right? Uh, Persia was like a huge. <laughs> They're <laughs> always in history. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Persia was like a huge like um, yeah. trading partner in, in terms of yeah. ideals too. And it was one of the intellectual capitals of the world. As well. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but it, it really took hold in Italy. Uh, Catherine de' Medici famously brought her collection of forks from Italy to France in 1533 when she married King Henry II. But literally, England had banned forks because they thought it was an affront to God until like the 1600s. So forks, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is it is a very new invention in the history, in the sands of time, Nicole. Spoons and knives, vastly outdated forks, chopsticks as well. So just because so just because they're new means that they're bad? No, no, no. What kind of mentality no, is no, no, that, no. Mr. Technology? Not I'm not saying forks are bad because they're they're a new invention in history, but I am saying that anything that's truly useful oh, I'm probably gonna shoot myself in the foot here. Okay, take it away. Anything that is truly universal and use and useful throughout history was invented very early on simply by demand. If the technology existed to make it, it would have been made early on. So, like, knives, right? Very easy to understand why one might need that, right? Yeah. Bear coming at you. Yeah, bear, you get him in the ribs with a knife. That's how I'd kill a bear. Okay. Spoon, I'd also kill a bear with a spoon, but that's because I'm a big, strong man. But no, spoons are very useful. They've been making them for thousands of years using shells and stuff. That makes sense. Why did nobody until, like, 1000 AD Uh think of eating with forks at a dinner table? Because... There was no need for them. You're eating with your hands. You're eating with spoons. There's no need for you to have an iPhone, but you have one. There is a need for me to have an iPhone okay, to so share because information, it was invented. ideas. Fully. Oh, no. Are you saying why, why wasn't the iPhone invented in the Paleolithic era? Yeah. Because we didn't have the technology. You had the technology to make a fork. Did you not? How were didn't. you supposed to know you needed a fork? And they didn't. 
How were you supposed to know you needed a fork until someone first made a fork? How are because you supposed forks to do? No, no, forks is issue. They just weren't on tables. They weren't on tables, and they shouldn't be on tables. They should be on tables. They should. They can't be on tables. I think that that the fork is what only if... on. Go ahead. No, you oh, no, go ahead. No, 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 Nicole. Said, no, Nicole. Listen, You're just we so impassioned. I would love for you to take this conversation into your own. No, route. I listen. I you have you have, you have a time. spork tattoo. You literally have tines on your arm. You literally care about <laughs> stabbing oh, foods. Oh, Nicole, I would hardly call what a spork has tines. <laughs> 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 Wait, quick side note. You ever? Uh, I, I'm friends with like a bunch of crunchy vegans from college because you see Santa Barbara, right? Okay. And they would post a lot of like vegan memes, and they're really funny because it's real in groupy stuff. So one of the okay. arguments for why man eats meat is we have canines, the teeth, right? Sure. They're sharp. And then vegans will be like, there will be these memes that are like, you call those canines? And it'll be like a human's canine teeth next mm-hmm. to like a saber-toothed tiger. It's like, these are real canines. And they're like, la la la. And I'm like, that's a weird dunk. They're like, cats have bigger canines than you. Anyways, point is, <laughs> you call under- these tines? Yeah, no, obviously. Real tines. No, no, a spork is different. One. I don't use sparks. I don't eat with them. I don't like eating with sparks. I you got, just like what they represent. I like what they represent. Which is, is what? It's duality, not the Slipknot song, but that's a great song. <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's it's duality. And also, I mostly, I've gotten all my tattoos as jokes. And every tattoo that I get will roughly be a joke. Have you heard of the splayed? What's a splayed? It's a spoon, fork, and blade. Oh, the the, the camping thing. Yeah, I'm into splayed. Are you really, though? No. Would you actually use one? I've never had, I've never held one before, but I'm looking at a picture of one and I am into it. What's the most, other than peas, which we, <laughs> Nicole. Salad. We made a chopstick. What about chopsticks? What about chopsticks? Why not eat, eat salad I'm, chopsticks? I'm not deft. I'm left-handed. I'm not deft at using chopsticks. Oh, you can learn. I'm not very deft I'm at saying, it. but you're not good at chopsticks because you didn't grow up using them. So what? I'm saying. I what, eat a lot of sushi and I eat my sushi with my chopsticks okay. and I eat my other food with chopsticks, but I prefer to use a fork because I am left-handed and it's easier for me to use a fork. Does left-handedness have anything to do with forks versus chopsticks? Absolutely not. I just always use it as a crutch. Always, since childhood. I think that you have that. Well, it's something that I have and I will use. But imagine this, like how some parents raise their children in like a genderless home, you know? Okay. I'm going to raise my children in a forkless home, and this is just the, this is just that. And so they're going to be raised with chopsticks and a Chinese soup spoon uh-huh. and then a Western soup spoon. And those okay. are the only three utensils. My kids will come over, but they will bring their own forks. I will. Okay. Because oh, you're because you've suddenly converted to Orthodox Judaism or because <laughs> <laughs> my very from cousins all come with their own serving utensils to make sure everything's kosher. Josh, if I ever co- if I ever convert to Orthodox Judaism, I'm sorry. Well, it's a lot of like modern Orthodox, you know, like, and again, any form of watch religion me be is like, cool. Yeah. Watch me in six months. I'm going to be like, I'm going to eat Fridays. <laughs> I got hammered with some straight Hasidic dudes. They were rad, man. Um, no. Shout out to Shmuel. No, dude. I mean, let me tell you, forks, they have a purpose. They stab the food and you eat it. Okay. So to me, to me, to me, if I'm thinking of the best use for a fork, it's if you got a big old steak, right? Okay, yeah, a big cut of meat. A big cut of meat. meat. That you need to hold down with something as you saw it with a blade, with a steak knife. Or if the food is already pre-cut up and you just pick it up. But but again, if like I'm you talking, get a slice, like you get a slice, like you get a steak at a restaurant and they slice it for you. Sure, but you use a fork to pick it up. Again, I'm thinking chopsticks are better. Using for that. chopsticks, okay, are but for that. but but when are you? But no, they're not better. They require two fingers. 
fork you just kind of hold. What do you mean? If, if you're only using two fingers for chopsticks, then a fork is using the same amount of like manual no, dexterity. Uh, no, the dexterity the same... of using chopsticks is harder than using a fork. But not if you're native. It's like... Uh... Okay, well, I don't have that privilege. Well, okay, but now, Nicole, now is the time to reverse it. Start I learning. don't need to do Start that. Learning. God gave me a fork and I use it. Did you notice? Did you notice? <laughs> <laughs> the, the fork was bestowed by God. <laughs> Did you? Okay. When, when we made pastas, as Giada Dealer and Sis would say, pastas. pastas. Uh-huh. Um, did you notice what I ate my fettuccine Alfredo? Yeah, with? you ate it with chopsticks, and that's a. I eat my, you know, I eat my chips with chopsticks. So, oh, so you are good at chopsticks. I'm so okay. You are good at chopsticks. I just don't listen. I am a lazy person. <laughs> I don't like to use more than one hand when I'm doing things, okay? <laughs> I'm using more than one hand with chopsticks. <laughs> it's only one hand. I'm talking about the fingers. The you know, hand like, versus the fingers. You have to think about using chopsticks because it's not native to you. I just said, yes, I have confirmed I, that statement. I know, I know. I'm just, you're saying one hand, two hands. Josh, that makes no sense. Josh, if I go to a party and I'm eaten with a toothpick, how annoying would that be? <laughs> Wait, hold up. More foods on toothpicks. That's something we can't agree Imagine on? Imagine I'm at a dinner party, okay, and there's a fork and a knife, and I yeah. just come on, I'm just using a tooth like, beep, beep, beep. Oh, uh, yeah, I think that's super cool. <laughs> Honestly, I'd be like, this is a woman no, you who is very confident. She knows what she wants. She knows what's going to give her the best experience. Are you kidding me? And she's eating with a toothpick. That would I be that so embarrassing. Wait, I have a question. When you, what? Um, <laughs> Julia and I eat a lot of cut up fruit. That's really nice. Thank you. So we'll buy the whole fruit. Does she cut it for you? No, I cut it for her. Oh, what do you mean? She does. No, she does all the like, she like books travel and pays bills and all like the important stuff. And I'm like, you want some honeydew? <laughs> <laughs> I'm better at that. Oh, like for real, when she cuts fruit, it's all that even. Sorry, I, I just it. have a very like uh, classic thing in my mind, like the woman. <laughs> and she's like an acts of service. Per- I'm, I'm not, I'm like a physical touch guy. Uh-huh, you know uh-huh. what I mean? And uh-huh. so like, I'm just, I don't know, go uh, rub my earlobe while I'm cutting honeydew. And then we both You're have a physical honeydews. touch guy? Yeah, no I know. Way. People will find it hard to No believe. way. Is that I your really love am. language? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I definitely. had no idea. Did, you not, did we not talk about this? No. Wait, what's yours? You hate being touched. I have all of them. I don't like being touched by people at work. Oh. Because <laughs> it's weird. We're just like, we're hugging now? It's weird. Have you ever hugged Dan- Daniel? you ever hugged me? I would like to. <laughs> we, can, we can hug. <laughs> just, just come over. <laughs> um, um, I have all five love languages. Well, it was because of bad I experience. I I I need them all. I touched someone at work and it was weird. No, not like that. Not like that. No, no, no. I was like, okay, now I have to explain the story. I'm sorry to cut you off. I have to explain the story now. I was I was just in a new job and we were out at like a work dinner and like Uh I I was there with my boss and like five other like freelancers we worked with. So it wasn't here. What? It wasn't here. It wasn't here. And she uh, I was like 22, 23, like just trying to learn work etiquette. And she like hugged all of them goodbye. Right, because they were all like friends. She'd worked with them for a long time, uh-huh. and then we were like walking our cars together in a uh, in a parking garage. And I was like, "All right, see ya," and went to like give her a hug because she hugged everybody else. And she was like, "Oh, oh whoa, we're hugging, oh, okay." And she like she made it weird, and I'm she was sorry. a very small woman, and I was just like this two hundred sixty pound like oh, come into my arms in this parking garage. Oh, sorry. It's not like touching people at work. Um, it's simpler if you don't. Okay, what are your love languages? All of them. <laughs> God, of course. I was. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say you're gonna be one of the people that Except says all of them. Gift giving. Not the biggest fan. Because you compulsorily have to give a lot of gifts, it sounds like. No, I'm just very particular about what I want to wear on my person or uh, have in my home. So don't buy me gifts. Just give me money. 
No, that makes sense. Give me money. No um, gifts, money. Your love language is just cash, <laughs> just cold hard cash. My, you like know what my compatible, you know what my compatible zodiac sign is. I don't know. I don't know what any of those. Dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Dollar High five. Sign. Actually, it mine is acts of service and words of affirmation. So basically, if you just say a lot, a bunch of bull malarkey in my ear, I'm kind of into it. I've been saying a lot of bull malarkey in your ear for the last two and a half years in this podcast. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, All right, up? so you got a big cut of meat. Yes, You've I do. You've established that it's, it's useful. Yes, I do. To hold it with a fork. Uh-huh. But, 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 I don't think we should ever be eating large cuts of meat. I think that should be up to the chef to cut that meat into smaller pieces so no. you can eat it easily. I don't think no. it should be up to the diner. Have you ever had a prime rib? Yeah, okay, that's fun. That's fun. Listen, I agree with that. We you want rib. the chef to cut the no. prime rib into little pieces no, okay, for you but, to eat? But, but like... <laughs> it sounded like nacho. <laughs> From what we do in the shadows. Not necessarily. <laughs> hmm, I'm trying to think now. I'm trying to think because that is like, I'm thinking of a lot of say, um, you eat kebab, right? Kebab All the is time. already in chunks, like chunks that need to be, you know, might need to be cut a little bit or you just, you know, stab it with a fork. And again, I know I'm talking about forks, but if I had chopsticks with kebab, I would prefer no, it. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. How are you going to pick so up much? all the rice? <laughs> Excuse <What>? me. I <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good point. Persian rice, tough to eat with chopsticks. Yeah. A lot of like Chinese, Japanese rice, easier to pick up chopsticks. So there are reasons, but I eat Persian <laughs> rice with a spoon. Um, and you know, there's like a thing where like Persian people don't use forks or something. Wait, what? <laughs> like, wait, are you serious? Nowadays, like Persian people Bro, don't you use. You just talked about how I know, much I know, Persia loves forks. I know, I know, but like there's like this thing where it's like, I don't know what it is. There's like a meme. I don't know it, but like there's a meme that says like, oh, Persian people don't use forks when they eat or they don't use knives when they eat. It's so stupid. I use all no, the They're right. <laughs> Nicole, they are right. Through the sands of time, through all of the passing history, the waterfall of past events that have come down, they are correct. Forks are useless. They're not useless. What about when you're eating beans? What what do you mean? Spoon. Spoon. No, but you you don't need the excess liquid of the beans. Slotted spoon. A slotted spoon. Nobody eats this. Also, I want the bean. Who doesn't want the bean liquid? It makes you gassy. What do you mean? Then strain that and then serve that at the table, whatever you are intending to serve. But like, actually, I, th- I think that is one thing that made forks such a staple in like Western cuisine, right? So you're looking at the cuisine of Western Europe. Uh-huh. Uh, like roast was literally a course in mm. a classic French meal. Like you had your fish course, you had the soup, you had fruit, and then you just had a roast. Sounds like fun. Seriously, it sounds fun. Listen, I'm, I'm down for a medieval banquet. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense you'd be able to stab the big old roast that you're eating, cut the pieces off that you want with a knife. But, but, but. My counter to that is that everybody should just be eating with their hands about four times more often. And I, I want to say everybody, there's a lot of cultures that do just rock with I their love hands. love eating with my hands. Same. Why don't we do it more? Why don't we abandon forks? I do. I, I listen, just because I love forks and spoons and knives and cutlery doesn't mean that I can't also really enjoy eating food with my hands. I do eat with my hands a lot. What's stopping you then from just getting all the forks out of your home? Nothing. Right <laughs> Josh. I think you should. Would you entertain it for me? No. Why? 
I eat at my house with my man <laughs> with a spoon and a fork every time we eat together. Spoon and fork. Okay, I will say that's a pretty good way to eat. I don't. Okay, <laughs> what is this Can podcast? I what? Can I tell you what? <laughs> what? This is making a perfect amount of sense. <laughs> I I don't love forks. We've established that. Okay. I especially hate knife and fork as a coupling. We don't use knife and fork. We use spoon and fork. Good. You're, so you're rocking uh, like the Filipino Thai method. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, so that's what that's actually that a big thing. So uh, Philippines, right, it is very common to eat with a spoon and a fork and okay. you use the yes. fork to push the food. Correct, the correct. Food. That is how I eat, and yes. You use the back of the fork and you're scraping it in. Correct. Um, also, Philippines, a lot of the cuisine is like very kind of like stew soup based. Yes, yes. Right? And that has to do with tropical climate. There's a really great essay on, a, on taste.com uh, about the Filipino fork and spoon usage. And so that also exists in Thailand as well. And in Thailand, you would only really use chopsticks for noodle dishes. Sure, makes sense. Um, which makes sense. Noodles are a delight to eat with chopsticks. And so I do respect the fork and spoon, but I also kind of think that the fork is a bit anachronistic, a bit vestigial. It doesn't necessarily need to be there. It could be another spoon. It could be another spoon. That's all I'm saying. Okay. All you're doing what is are you, Edward Spoonhands? Get the frick out of here. You're crazy. You ever watch Mystery Men? What is that about? Oh, my God. Great. Janine Garofalo, Ben Stiller, Kel Mitchell, Hank Azaria. Is that where they're all superheroes? William H. Macy, they're, they're superheroes. All, I, saw like like... A, I saw like a snippet of it on, on uh, social media, and I want to watch it. Oh, it's so good. We should... It looks so good. Yeah, it looks um, like perfect, like 2003-ish like movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Janine Garofalo plays a superhero called The Bowler, and her dead dad's spirit is stuck inside a bowling ball. <laughs> Uh, William H. Macy is the shoveler. He just hits people with a shovel. And then Hank Azaria is the blue Raja. And uh, instead yes. of throwing knives, he throws uh, forks. I'm into that. And I think it's great. That's the only good usage of a fork is for Hank Azaria to throw them at people in the movie Mystery Men. <sighs> I don't know if what you, you want can... <laughs> from me. At this point of the conversation, we typically have some sort of like, you know, like a uh, middle ground, like you and I are just vibing and like talking. But like you at think this we point, vibe during this? but I don't I think you and I are on very opposite sides of, of the spectrum. I think you're not going to give me any any slack. I'm not going to give you any slack. I would just appreciate if when your children come over to eat at my children's home, that <laughs> they don't bring forks and that they Josh. are just eating with their hands and spoons. Josh, not intended. forks have a purpose. Yeah, to keep down the working class by keeping them confused with rules like, when do I stab this thing? No, it's subconscious. What do you mean? You When you look at a piece of food, your brain knows, okay, I'll use this fork because I, no, saw, no, no. I saw my mom and dad do it. Well, that's why I need to break the cycle. And we need to start exclusively eating with chopsticks, spoons, and hands. I don't mind eating with chopsticks. I don't want this whole chopstick. I don't want you to think I'm a piece of crap because I don't eat with chopsticks that much. It's just easier Nicole for me to use the training chopsticks. I know I do. Band. You know, sometimes I do. And I make my own training chopsticks out of a hairband and the paper. If you're drunk enough, it's hard sometimes. It's fine. Listen, like, listen, listen, I'm drunk a lot. I'm drunk a lot. Right. But I just, I'm just trying to tell you, like, forks have a purpose. And you keep saying, like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you think it would take for? Because people seem to be gross. When I say people, I mean like if you're if I'm ever eating food with my hands on a video or whatever, people I'll get comments, right? So it's like that's disgusting. Josh, today what? I got you a whole chicken. Out of the kindness of my heart, I bought you a whole chicken, a twenty-seven dollar chicken. Need I chicken. remind you, and you did not use a single utensil. Mwah, and we had you. coleslaw. We had beans. 
<laughs> you had a hot link? Yeah. You didn't use. You used a fork to spear the hot link. I tried to take it directly <laughs> off the fork with my mouth. You said, no, don't. I'm not putting that in your mouth. And so I grabbed it with my hands and I ate it. <laughs> But <laughs> like you, like you, you just absolutely animalistically digging your three fingers into the chicken flesh and shoving your thumb. Listen, in your one, mouth. you and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. <laughs> so let's eat like they do on the Discovery Channel, right? That's what it I'm was, saying. It was visceral, and then you kept coming back into the sauces, but for some odd reason. Like your first four knuckle, like your knuckles, <laughs> like the second to third knuckle was just sopping wet. But yeah. for some reason, the pads were not. Uh, <laughs> Don't tell I think me. I know what happened. If I can explain. So uh, Nicole's right. I was eating a whole chicken, just a whole animal into my body. Um, but I had to break the joints apart. Oh. So I like to break it into its primal cuts. Oh, and nice. so I had to really dig my knuckle into the joints. And so that's how it, it would have Yeah, it just there. like covered. And then you keep going into the sauces. Yeah, yeah. And in my brain, I was like. To be clear, there were there weren't communal sauces. There were an individual. I took a lot of them. To be clear, I took about six or seven. You took so many. <laughs> I of had the them sauces. arranged around my whole chicken. Oh my god! But to me, to me, that is the perfect example. Like food is about feral joy for me, and I do that sometimes too. But there's, you know, at work. Why? Why can't people at work? Daniel, are you offended watching me just go to ha- go to town? No, I love it. See, Daniel loves it. Why can't you be like Daniel? You just met him for the first time in person right now. No, we've met in person You've known before. me my whole life. <laughs> You've been for three years of my whole life. Nicole, are you disgusted with me when I eat with my hands at work? Yes. What if, what if, okay, okay, okay. Yes. What if we got, uh, wow, if, if there was a person from um, from Ethiopia and they're here in Nicole, they're, they're ripping injera, they're eating their door I eat my hands. I eat Ethiopian food with my hands. You're going to say you're disgusted by them? You're going to say eating with your hands is disgusting? I eat Ethiopian food with my well, hands. There's a lot of cultures that eat with their hands. Kamayan fish in the Philippines, Nicole. you got a damn chicken. Roti, roti and sabji in I India. I like that. I eat that with my hands, too. Oh, you would, oh but you'd, you'd go over to someone's house with a fork. you go, oh, I need a spoon, the doll. I need to fork the doll. I need to get each individual lentil on the, the tines of my fork. Oh, I thought you were talking about, like, feeding a doll, oh, no, like, no, no, to no. teach the kid, like, Dar. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dar. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know how much I thought you were talking it. about, like, feeding a doll, like, teaching a kid, like, <laughs> yum, 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 eating with a fork, which is what I'm going to do because I live in gosh darn America, and I'm going to teach my kid to eat with a spork. I'm sorry, a spoon, a fork, <laughs> a knife, chopsticks. What other utensils are there? A splayed. What else is there, huh? Ooh, oh, a grapefruit spoon. A grapefruit spoon. I'm just going to teach him uh, everything. Oyster you know? fork. I'm in, probably no oyster forks in my house. But I'll teach my kid to do it. I'll teach him, I'll teach him everything. And if they decide I want to go in with my hands, I just got to accept it. Ooh, I like using big old pretzel rods as chopsticks because oh, then you get to eat the pretzels. Using a, like a piece of bread as a as a utensil is a really good way to eat. I mean, that's how yeah. l- literally all of my favorite cultures, yeah. and that's how I typically eat at home. Um, I <laughs> shout out to Deep Nayak <laughs> and his Gujarati family, but I grew up eating so many dinners with him. Yeah, of uh, they would call it roti and sabji. They'd have a, a roti or a paratha, chapati, whatever. Sure, some sort of uh, uh, Indian flatbread, and he used that as the utensil. And you scoop up the sabji, the, the main dish, the curry, whatever you want to call it, um, and you just pop it with the thumb in the mouth. And to me. That is such a beautiful, such an intimate way to eat. And Nicole, all I want is for people to be intimate with their food. Not like that, but kind of like that. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, Nicole, I've heard what you and I have to say. It sure was a lot. Now <laughs> it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the world. It's time for a segment we call Opinions, Opinions Are Like Casserole. And Nicole, we got some voicemails today. That's right. Yay! Call 1-833-DOGPOD1. You can hear me and Nicole's sex hotline voices that we did not think were going to be the final take, but I'm glad they did. I knew they, they were going to be the final take. I did too, Nicole. <laughs> this is my sexy voice. It's Buffalo Bill. I was once talking in an earnest, sexy voice with a partner, and they said I sounded like Chad Kroger from Nickelback. This is I love Chad Kroger. I do too. He's a sexy guy. I love Chad. All this Nickelback hate? Screw it. I Dude, love Nickelback. The only reason people hate Nickelback so much is because they can't be Nickelback. They can't be Nickelback. <laughs> All right, let's roll the voicemail. <laughs> the voicemail, man. Um, <laughs> what's up, guys? Uh, my name's Akash. Uh, okay. I've been listening to the podcast for a long time now. Love the podcast. Y'all are amazing. Um, as for my controversial opinion on food, French food kind of sucks. I'm not going to lie. French food kind of sucks? Um, Let's go. The only flavors this guy going for it is like meat and salt. Butter. With are good flavors, like objectively good flavors. But there's no, like, you know, spice. If you want good mm-hmm. food, oh, like, Indian food is out there. Mm-hmm. Persian food is out there. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much other cuisine that's better than French food. So, I don't know why French food is, like, hailed as, it's like, oh, my God, the mother of all foods. Like, you know, it, it, it kind of sucks, in my opinion. But, yeah, that's that's my uh, opinion. Hope y'all are um, staying safe and <laughs> Um I don't know if I can say that. You can bleep that out. We'll bleep but, it. Yeah, figure it out. have a good one. Akash hitting the nail Akash, on the head. So sweet. Um, so I recently came to the to the <laughs> revelation resolution, I, like final idea that French food is in my top five favorite cuisine. It is in your top five. It is. No way. What's I'm your, not top, top dishes. I can't. I'll tell you my top dishes. But I don't want to talk about like my f- top five favorite cuisines yet. I think I, that's actually a really good podcast oh, that yeah. we can talk about. But my favorite French dishes. Honestly, I just love French bistro food. Like steak frites with a goat cheese salad is like. A great meal. So what what Akash was saying um, literally gets to the heart at what I'm saying with the forks debate, right? Okay. Of it is a like very Western European, mm-hmm. Franco-centric ideal of what food should be. Should and again, be, yeah. It literally goes back to Louis Fourteenth and before that for sure. Um, but the forks were meant to eat stuff like French bistro food. You get a whole breast of duck. You get a whole steak with the frites and all that. You get mussels and whatever. Um, but that isn't how a lot of the rest of the world eats. And also, Akash talking about not having spices in French food, certainly there's a lot of herbs and, like, you know, there are spices used, 
But uh, there's that old joke that the English pillaged the entire world for spices and decided they didn't like any of them. And that <laughs> yeah. is kind of true. So spices sure. were really in demand. Um, we've talked about that dish, Sikbaj, that came from Iraq in like, you know, the 700s. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and it was just this spicy, sweet lamb stew that traveled around the world. Uh, so spices were really, really expensive. They were only for royals and very mm-hmm. rich people, all that. But literally, once spices got democratized and people could start buying them and use them in their own homes, that is when the aristocracy decided. I'm getting real political on this, Nicole, and we're freaking doing tell. it. That is when people decided that, like, no, 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 food should be simple and ingredient driven and pure. And that is a lot of what French food is, right? Yeah, and, and I like food. food like that. I like pure food. You foods. can like it. I mean, I don't like to put the word pure food on it. I mean, I think French cuisine is delicious. I do. Do I think other cuisines are also delicious? Yeah. But I think French food is really delicious. And I don't like people that hate on it. I think it's I think it's unfortunate that people think that it's not good cuisine. It's very good cuisine. But nobody th- nobody thinks that, right? Nobody like, thinks like, what? Like, like French cuisine, the only reason that people like Akash are, are now saying that like, mm-hmm. hey, maybe French cuisine kind of sucks is because it was held at the top of the ladder to this day. It's because currently. they codified certain things that the, we still, in schools, we learn today. Every culture codified things though, right? Every culture has codified things. I mean, we codified it and then it was just sent around the world. Well, sure. they, But because of like a Western supremacist value, right? That like, hey, this is better. Sure. I mean, it was good. Reason. I mean, I'm glad that I learned the things that I learned about Escoffier and brigade systems and all the forks to use. I don't hate myself for knowing those things. You shouldn't. Nobody's saying you should. And all I don't think putting I don't think putting French food at the bottom of the tier is good either. But I think people people can only say that because it's been held at the top for so long. And I think there's mm. some races. And also, other cuisines have been denigrated. For instance, right? Okay, so let's talk about you know. Western food values. People couldn't sure. charge. Now things are changing finally. But like for a long time, restaurants charging $18 for spaghetti with tomato sauce would be seen as normal, but you charge $18 for ramen. And suddenly it's like, oh, but this should be a cheap noodle dish. So is that that's true? where a lot of this is coming from. Yeah, you can hear David Chang talk <laughs> about it. Uh, I've supposedly. never really done research like that on it, so I'm yeah. not really one to talk about and it. And so if you put French words in your food on menus, uh, Dan Jarafsky actually did some incredible research on this. If you put French words in menus, you can charge significantly more money for that because people assume it has higher value, right? Calling green beans, haricot vert, stuff like that. Interesting. It sounds fancier because we've held up French food for so long. However, Indian food specifically... Like, my God, the amount of time, labor, knowledge, skill that goes into a lot of Indian cookery is like utterly insane. And also, if you are used to eating food with that amount of spices cooked with that type of technique, making the tarka, all of that, blooming the spices in the oil, to then have somebody go, no, French is the best food in the world. You're going to die when you have this magret du canard and you eat just a duck breast with like a two ingredient sauce. It's like, (laughs) what the hell is this? Okay, what about the flip side? What about someone that grew up eating bland food and then they're told, you're going to have the best dish of your life and it's this really complicated, complex Indian dish. They're like, oh, I don't like that. So what's the difference? I can difference? see it be jarring. I mean, like I'm thinking of my grandma, right? She can't handle spice. But so what's I the think difference? Because for me, like we talked about like chasing intensity of food experience, right? Like yeah, I want sure. the most delicious food in the freaking world. To me, I think once you start adding all those spices and whatnot, again, these are things that dominated world trade literally, sure. right? Yes. You know, for forever. So obviously, mm-hmm. historically, we see those as important, you know, to human culture. Uh, and so for me, the ceiling on a cuisine like that is always going to be higher. I disagree. Yeah, fair enough. 
Damn, Akash, that got intense. Hey, you guys. My name is Mike. Um, Josh, I think you're really hot. But uh, I grew up in <laughs> Chicago, but now I have moved to New York. And there's this whole, like, New York-Chicago pizza binary thing. And to be honest with you, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of hearing about it because when people talk about the pizza in Chicago, they're talking about deep dish pizza, and it's just a different meal. Hmm. And, like, a thin crust pizza. It's not the same thing. So you can't compare them. It's like comparing, like, oh, what do you like better, a lasagna or, like, chips and salsa. Like, it's not the same thing. <laughs> so you stop comparing it. Now, if you want to compare thin crust pizza, thin crust pizza, that's a conversation that we can have. But the other one, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it, and it needs to stop. But the pod. Did you say I was hot? He said your voice is hot. Hey, your voice so, is hot. So um, this person is saying that they're upset that people compare different kinds of pizzas to each other. I well, don't understand. Specifically Chicago Deep Dish and New York Thin Crest. Yeah, they're two right? totally different pizzas. They're two totally different things. But they're However, both pizzas. most Chicagoans that I know will, would never compare deep dish to thin crust most chicagoans i know don't really claim deep dish like that really Uh, i don't know anybody from chicago (laughs) i feel like chicago like this like epicurean foodie they love quote chicago pub style pizza which is thin it's thin crust uh toppings all the way to the crust cut into squares yeah it's like bad it's just like no oh it's bad in my opinion it's it's one of those that um people claim and they want to rep because I think they want to be iconoclastic. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, this is what real Chicagoans eat. And it's just like a, a fine pizza. I thought he was going to go with that opinion that regional styles kind of don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's speaking from a very L.A. perspective, though. Where it's Yeah, like, we're kind of spoiled. We have about every single pizza on every single block. Yeah. So I, I remember going to New York and uh, I looked up an article like best pizza in New York. And there was one spot at the time, this is several years ago, that everyone was talking about. It was called Motorino. Okay. And I went to Motorino and I was like, I can't wait. New York's the best pizza city. And they got the best pizza in New York. This pizza is about to be the best. And I had it and it was traditional Neapolitan style. Okay. And I was like, well, I could, and it was fine. Most Neapolitan pizzas to me kind of taste the same. They're all just like wet yeah. and burnt. And the best pizza is just like a dollar it. slice in New York. Even then, I just, I can, I don't know that I'm tasting the New Yorkness. The best pizza I had in New York was at the Newark airport. Yeah. And I ate like $6 slices and I went to the Newark airport and I was like, this pizza is just better than all that. <laughs> um, and I feel like it's the same way with tacos in LA. You take people to your favorite twenty-five taco spot, yep. inflation. Um, and it, they're <laughs> like, yeah, it's a fine taco. And you're like, yeah, hell yeah, it is. So I don't know. I, I feel that can't compare deep dish to thin crust, but even thin crust Chicago to New York, insofar as there are meaningful differences, <sighs> New York just wins that. It's good. New Haven style. New Haven wins. I need to go to Chicago and eat a slice of pizza. Is what I'm I to New out. Haven, man. Hey, Josh Nicole, huge fan of the podcast. Uh, I'm from southern Utah, but lived in Ohio for a while. And I got to say that a cucumber salad, which is just cucumbers, onions, and tomatoes, in like a vinaigrette is by far the worst tasting thing ever but everyone in ohio loves it because they've got some i'm not going to say it but probably some major issues anyway thank you for listening (laughs) cucumber tomato and onion sounds like a salad shirazi sounds Sounds like like, shirazi sounds like every single salad in the middle east which is i'm wondering where they're from in ohio that that was i'm wondering what this vinaigrette is i am too i don't know I mean, like, so Shirazi is just dressed with olive oil, lemon, salt. I mean, with verjou. Is it oh, verjou, too? A lot of the times, oh, yeah. Interesting. A lot of people don't know that. I didn't know it was verjou. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, to me, it's 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 like panchan. It's like, I, that's, that's one of my favorite. I make literally a giant thing of, like, cucumber, 
tomato, onion. Typically, I'll put like parsley in it. Sometimes if I mm-hmm. have like dried mint, sumac, stuff like that, I'll toss it in there. Um, it is the best accompaniment. Like, yeah, so many cultures eat it. Um, in, in Brazil, they call it vinagreta. They'll put some raw bell pepper in it, but it's the same thing. Pretty much, yeah. yeah Pico no, no. de gallo. Yeah, you are utterly wrong on this. This is. I a wonder delight. what the. I have to know what the vinaigrette is. I'm curious. Yeah. If it's like a, if it's like straight Italian dressing, yeah, I get it. I get it. I but get if it. it's not, I don't know. They need to put some love in it. Yeah. A cucumber, onion, tomato salad. It's got to have some love. It's got to have then salt. Then it really sings. And it's got to be properly salted, properly seasoned. <laughs> Yo, love and food is just salt, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay, should we go to some written ones? Let's do it. You can take the first one. All right. Speaking of salad, at Abu Mila, when I was a kid, I'd make this quote-unquote salad at Ruby Tuesday. Diced ham, tomatoes, sunflower seeds, croutons, hard-boiled eggs, peas, and Parmesan cheese on a cottage cheese base. Whoa, left turn. So, okay, if we're keeping track, the only green thing is peas, uh, and the only vegetables are peas (laughs) and tomatoes. Mm. This is mostly deli meats and a bed of cottage cheese with some eggs. The bed of cottage cheese kind of threw me off. Everything else I would eat, like a salad. You ever get a dish, though, like uh, even like a tomato salad or something in a restaurant, but it's served in a kind of like bed of whipped ricotta or something, you know? Yeah, but I don't really like that. That's what this is. You don't like that? Oh, I love that. No. Or like the hummus that has like this, all the stuff in the middle. That's fun. Like the. That's hummus, though. What? That's hummus, though. (laughs) But see, what is cottage cheese? It's not cheese hummus. The texture of cottage cheese is really wrong. If you you whip it, I'd eat it, maybe. I, um,. Yeah, I American curds. cottage cheese is like bad, right? Big curds. Like it's just bad. Like if you put a cottage cheese in a blender, it becomes better. Yeah. And I think more places should start doing that. Whip your cottage cheese. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. But this is a wild salad. It uh, 10 out of 10 I'd eat. Random fact 79 says, I love eating Reese's burgers. So, <laughs> <it's> a, <laughs> you know when you start your opinion with so, it's going to go well. So, it's a beef burger with Nutella and peanut butter on regular buns. You wild, Charlie. Okay. You wild. Hmm. No. I don't. Okay, so we are just coming off of lunch. Nicole and I ate ourselves silly on delicious barbecue. It was fun. And so I don't think my my vision isn't tainted by being hungry or anything. For some reason, <laughs> this sounds good to me. I don't know what hmm. it is. I know why. Why? I don't know. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I know why. I know why. The, the peanut butter burger. Like, yeah. that's a thing. Peanut butter and mayonnaise yeah. on a burger. Uh, it's a goober burger, I believe it's called. Yep. Um, that's established. The Nutella, that's a new twist. I don't even love Nutella like that. I love Nutella. There's something, if you, like, really charred the hell out of that burger, it was a lot of salt, a lot of black pepper. <laughs> no. You really charred it, Nicole, no. and you get that chocolate, no. just like, ooh, the little You know what would be good in this? Ma. Sliced, like, a uh, hard salami. <laughs> That would work. You know what I mean? Like the hard peppered salami sliced really thin, like a few pieces of it. A little extra salty to cut through that Yeah, and, and you and you seared that salami yeah. and it turned into little cups. That would be good. That's a pure Reese's cup burger. Reese's, I mean, Reese's sandwich. Add some sliced salami to your Reese's <laughs> burger next time. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. I have no, I, God, I feel like I've heard of this. Anyways, we got L. Manon. The best casserole is Flying Jacob. What? Shredded rotisserie chicken, crispy bacon, what? peanuts, sliced banana, ah! and a sauce of whipped cream and Heinz chili sauce. Daniel, can you Google Flying Jacob? What is going on? Okay, Nicole, what are you... Okay, before what? Daniel looks this up, 
What do you guess the origins are of Flying Jacob? I looked it up. Like from what culture? Oh, you already looked it up? Yeah, I'm sorry. What is it? Swedish. It's just, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Why does that make sense? Because the Swedes will, God bless them, they will throw bananas into any savory casserole. Why do you think that And is? I think it's incredible. Ew. It, it kind of looks like enchiladas. I, 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 I vaguely have a hypothesis about why. Why? The Nordic countries, right? You guys, ah, Iceland, the Nordic Iceland Sweden, Norway. Uh, I don't know if Finland identifies as Nordic. Um, they don't share a common language with the, them. Um, but they are very cold. They're in a winter wonderland. Oh, like they're cold. Like they're several... a cold people or they're... they're just cold? No, no. They're very warm people. Oh, they which, are. Oh, but, nice. But they exist in darkness and cold constantly. <laughs> okay. And so I think they like really fetishize a lot of tropical ingredients and cuisines and cultures in a way. Huh. So, for instance, um, we were talking about that with Memo Torres the other day about what countries, quote, say they like Mexican food the most. And like Norway was top three. Like eighty seven percent of people saying they like Mexican food. Um and I've had people from Sweden make me quote unquote tacos sure. before and I've eaten quote unquote curries from people in Sweden and it's just like canned pineapple and bananas with mm-hmm. like chicken and curry powder and it's wild. So I think like they're very far away from tropical climates, so they really want to import certain cultural That's exchanges. Sweet. But it takes so long, like any game of telephone, <laughs> the longer the location, the more things get a little messed up. And you end up with bananas and shrimp on pizza, and you end up with f- flying Jacob casserole. I don't like the name. I, I couldn't tell you where it comes from. I don't care Rotisserie for the chicken, name. chicken, bacon, peanuts, great. Sliced banana, I'm kind of in. Banana and bacon's great. Why not banana and chicken? And then whipped cream <laughs> and Heinz chili sauce. That. It's just, it's a, it's a, cream, huh? it's a mishmash, and it gives me a headache, honestly. I would love to eat it. I would love to. I would, I would love, love to try it. I just want to know, number one, who named it a Flying Jacob? And number two, what Swedish person wants to invite us? This was invented by Ova Jakobsson. Okay, so Jakob Jacob. Worked okay. in the air freight industry. Okay, Jakobsson worked in the air freight industry. What is an adding up about this? <laughs> oh, I get it. So Jacob is, so Jakobsson is flying because he works in airfare. Yeah, it's Flying Jakob, if we're being honest, not Flying Jacob. <laughs> I'm sorry, I repositioned. Yeah, Nicole, Nicole's repositioned. I'm very full. <laughs> well, that was pretty good. Anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> no, are we done? Did we do this podcast? Take it away, Yosh. Well, on that note, uh, thank you for listening. We are really full. Podcasting while full is tough because you can't get as many breathless monologues out. Thank you for listening to A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. If you want to hear more from us in the Mythical Kitchen, we got new episodes every Wednesday. If you want to be featured on Opinions or Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at Mythical Chef or Enhemizada with the hashtag Opinion Casserole. Josh is Reverend is Tell Me. Nice, you're good. Or if you want to leave us a voicemail, give us a ring and leave a quick message. <laughs> I always laugh in between these. At 833-DOGPOD1. That's right. That's 833-DOGPOD1 <laughs> for the two sexiest podcast hosts <laughs> to answer the phone. And for more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube where we launch new videos every week. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Mwah! <laughs>